But you could call me the can man, because anybody can get it. Unbelievable! Dana! 60 G's, baby! Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler! Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron. Today I'm joined by uh, Tom Kennett again. We're in the... Uh, I was trying to think of a good name for... Uh, we're in the studio here with the <laughs> Portugal-Uruguay game on. France have just knocked out Argentina in the World Cup earlier today, so we'll get on to that at some point. Um, big evening tonight. Boxing, football, more boxing. I think it says a lot about how little boxing there's been on recently that I'm staying up tonight for um, Gilberto Ramirez against Alexis Arguello. Yeah, I don't think I'll, uh, I don't think I'll make that <laughs> one, I'll be honest. But we got plenty to get into. Um, I mean, the obvious place to start being English. So England, we got hyped up for that game against uh, Belgium on Thursday night. Mm. Didn't go our way. Pretty awful game, in all honesty. I don't think yeah. either side really deserved to win it. No. Um, how do you feel? How did you feel before the game, and in retrospect now about the rotation? Well, before the game, I was going to it similar to everyone in terms of we had two wins. We were maybe getting carried away, but certainly enjoying it. Yeah, and uh, went into it, and I thought, right, this is the first real test. You know, people said Tunisia, Panama. Uh, even if they rotate the team a bit, which Belgium pretty much from the moment they won that second game <laughs> had said they were going to make changes. Um, we played our cards a little bit closer to our chest. So I was thinking if they do rotate a little bit, I reckon we could do these. Uh, so we go and watch it and pretty much from the start, <laughs> I don't want to say like a friendly, but it wasn't much better in terms of we did not press like we would normally. It was it was more like um, classic old England where it's a bit slow, tedious. Yeah. Lethargic sort of performance, sideways passing. Um, so I was quite deflated watching it. I think I used the word disgrace quite a lot when I was watching it. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then in the cold light of day, you do realise that ultimately we do have a real great chance here in terms of what we've, we've drawn. But I still can't get... And I wonder if it translates to the players as well. Just um, a feeling of that sort of that crest of the wave we were kind of riding on a little bit has been curtailed a little bit, but not completely, but just a bit. Well, the thing for me was it felt that bad and we conceded the fact there was very little on the line, but I'm now thinking if, yeah. if, if we do go even go behind in against Colombia, I might be ready to jump out the window. It's a good thing we're downstairs. <laughs> be still, that'd be fun to watch though. Didn't know how, no hot, death, didn't know how hot it was as well. So it was literally in there boiling hot. I ran out of drink halfway through, which I was grateful for on Friday. <laughs> so I didn't want a headache going into work. But it was, it was just rough to watch. There was no, like, I'd rather we lost 5-4. Uh, we were saying watching the game, like some of these players probably aren't going to get another start in the tournament. They might not actually play again in the tournament. So surely you want to play yourself in. Yeah. Realist and I don't want to just call him out for like missing the chance because anyone can miss a chance. But his general performance, I thought Rashford 
had a chance to go in and realistically, if he has a good game, he starts over Sterling, yeah. I think. And now he's literally, I saw someone say, by not playing, people like Sterling, Henderson, yeah. other players, their stock has risen by not playing because they look at the alternative options. Well, even if he just picked up the ball and driven and it's not gone his way, then it would have looked like, all right, you're kind of doing the same as Sterling has so far in the tournament. And if you're a bit more direct, then people will say, well, actually, they're doing largely similar, but he probably gives you more of a scoring chance. So he yeah, probably exactly. would have started there. Yeah. Um, the next question I was going to get onto is, what changes would you make? Has anyone played themselves into contention? I think, personally, Rose could have. He had a decent game, but then he got spun out his boots for the Yanazai goal. So Yeah, it wasn't... It wasn't like an outstanding game either. It wasn't like you watched him and no. thought, oh, he's head and shoulders better choice than Young. I thought he was going to benefit just from the fact that he's left-footed, whereas Young tries to yeah. cut in. But yeah. maybe the lack of game time for Spurs as well isn't going to help. I think he was decent enough, but the delivery wasn't great from Trent as yeah, well. Yeah, that was, that was very and bad. I think with that in mind, I think that, again, played into the hands of Young and Trippier, who have both produced Trippier especially. pretty good delivery throughout the tournament so far. So I think We'll go back to what we had. Started. I think that's yeah. what Gareth was looking at anyway. But I think that only reaffirmed it. Um, well, which... Kind of ironically, with it, his whole thing was give the rest of the squad minutes, yeah. get them involved and get confidence up. And I think, I don't know about you, it kind of leaves me thinking like we don't have quite as much depth as you would no. like in terms of like, right, if we have to make a change, who are we going to put in? Well, my thing was that even if they weren't the best players, they were direct. So, Kind of someone like uh, I feel I feel like Giroud isn't the best one, but he's the best example I can think of. Where you can have, say, a bench with Lacazette, Martial, and that who maybe are better players, but if you bring him on, he's going to do more coming onto the game, and he's going to change it more. Essentially, and yeah. I thought with someone like uh, Rashford's maybe not the best example, but how quick he is, it instantly gives a change in the game just so he can come on and do something a bit different. Yeah, I wonder with him whether it becomes a similar story like with United where he became a very good impact sub and when they did come to starting him, he didn't always turn on. Yeah. And there was the whole thing of um, often plays while coming in off the left yeah. and not so much up front, which is ultimately where he wants to end up playing. So. Well, I said earlier, and we'll get on to that game, but People were debating last season as to who's a better player out of Mbappe and Rashford. And when you look at the two World Cups so far, I mean, there's different players around the two of them, but he's taken his chances when he had them. And just from the first goal they scored, it was literally just picking up the ball and being attacking and That's driving. Direct, just driving. Yeah, like you said, travel. The amount of times we were screaming at the TV saying travel with the ball yeah. on uh, the other night. Um, what do you think's going to happen with Deli Ali? Because. Loftus Cheeks obviously come in and he made a good account of himself. Yeah, so, but I don't think he's stamped enough of it on the team the way you think, okay, he's in, I can't drop him now. Unless Ali really is fitness really isn't great. I was thinking I think right, unless, start. unless they're thinking they can drop Sterling or Lingard and put Ali somewhere in there, but that might be a like formation change more than You ain't dropping Lingard for Loftus Cheek for me. So I don't Well no, I meant more in terms be... of Loftus Cheeks done enough to keep a place in the middle, and then where, where mm. you bring Ali back in, but I don't know. He's there's no doubt how good a player he is, Loftus Cheek. But he kind of flatters to deceive a bit, just in terms of when he sometimes he'll get the ball, he'll drift past someone, or do a nice touch, and you think, "Bloody hell, what a great player!" And then you won't see him for ten more minutes. Ali needs to be getting the ball between the lines then, because I know he was got injured early in the first game, but 
that's what you want to see him doing. He, he's not going to be able to be as high up as he is at Spurs. No. The uh, well, I think we spoke before the uh, Belgian game where we said whoever ends up playing in the role along with Henderson, so presumably going to be Ali and Lingard, against the bigger teams, they're going to have to show more sort of positional discipline because if you vacate the middle and just leave Henderson on his own against some of these teams, we're going to get overrun, obviously. And our back three isn't stellar yeah. in terms of going to be able to keep people out. I don't so. think anyone's stock has gone up more than Henderson. The amount of people Agreed. doubting him going in and then Dyer came on and it was like, jeez, there's literally nothing he did better than Henderson. He did everything worse, didn't he? he and he was captain he in the team, which was... <laughs> position he didn't look like he knew where he needed to be, either. in terms of, certainly in terms of getting on the ball. He, no. A lot of people didn't really show for the ball on Thursday, truth be told, but he especially. I, I've said it a few times to other people. There was, I remember one specific moment whereby he gave the ball to Trent and the next thing he did is move forward into the space that's just been created and he can play it back to you in the one-two. Yeah. And Trent's literally had to force him to go there. He's like pointed there. Dyer's not moved, so he's just put the ball in there. Like, right, go and get into it. And he just about made it. But the defence made their, the the centre, the central defenders literally have written the team sheet for Southgate as well. Maguire, we looked far more assured when he came on despite conceding when he did come on. Stones, really decent when he came on, yeah. Stones is clearly still going to start. Southgate said he yeah. is fit. I think he was always intent on taking him off. I think the ice. He said after he I said. I think the ice was just a. Was, yeah. Is what it was. Well, it happened in the game before as well, didn't it? So it must just be like a recovery thing. Yeah. And it is boiling there, so it probably doesn't. Is some yeah, of that, as I say, as I've got a bag of ice I've, next to me. That's one thing I will say with the rotation. I would have probably kept the back three as it was. Yeah. With the, them and Pickford, I would have probably kept that the same. And rotate. How you like going for? I'd probably pick Kane as well, actually. But my thinking was in keeping the keeper, which I actually agreed with, was if you're having him as your number one, then at some point he may have to play with those defenders, so you may as well try and build up that mm, chemistry yeah. between them. But I, st- I don't know where I stand on the right. Did he go with the right hand, the wrong hand? I think it was just kind of a calamity all round. When it happened at first, I, I remember saying I think the keepers had a bit of a mare there, but. Yeah, was it you and Langsley both said that? Yeah. The two, I remember two people in the room. I, I didn't think, regardless of what hand he went with, I didn't think he was getting it to truth be told. Oh, oh wow, Cavani. <laughs> that was a beauty. It's about time he scored an actual decent goal. Yeah, that's what he's celebrating like that. <laughs> I thought he went wide at first. He was celebrating like he had um, scored the Maradona goal when he got that <laughs> tap in in the uh, third group game. What is that facial hair from Ronaldo, by the way? What is he that? He said that someone, I think it was Pepe, made a comment about him growing a goatee for being the goat. And, <laughs> no, he and didn't. Then he's just, oh, and then he's, he's just kept sake. it. <laughs> so, well, no, I okay. mean, that opens the game. Like That could open the game or it could do the opposite in Uruguay. <laughs> you are a horrible team. I mean, they've barely gone forward yet this tournament, so... With Ronaldo to go up against now, yeah, there's nothing. You could tell that wasn't offside. I don't know if they just have to check it, but I swear they check it for the sake of it sometimes. Where you see the player literally run past about two that's players to get there. Well. Yeah, that's a peach. Is that his chest? <laughs> I hope that so. reverse camera looks like. No, no, they came off his yeah. beak. <laughs> Obviously, no one here is actually watching this, but it's the price you pay for content. Is we're going to be watching this game at the same time. Yeah, that's it. So if we get if we get back on, yeah, live then. commentary of the Uruguay <laughs> game alongside a podcast, that's what everyone wanted. If my internet was better, we could actually do a live podcast someday. But someone said that to me the other day. Actually, we yeah. should do a live one. But 
I did say we'd mentioned it before. Yeah, I wouldn't like it if we didn't have many viewers at the time either. It actually knocked my confidence. Yeah, a bit. if it lives to two people. <laughs> if that. <laughs> um, no, you'd have to kind of plan it in advance and get people yeah, tune in at this time, give us some questions to send in, and then you'd probably have some asshole coming on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to, yeah, the defence, I think that's written itself um, right back. Trent didn't have a bad game other than the set pieces, but in a game where not much happened, that is going to be all you're going to remember. I think after the first couple, someone could have maybe said, like... The thing is, his... He probably must have done it in training as well, because his set pieces normally are really good for Liverpool. I think that probably plays into those who might say, oh, he's not quite ready for internationals or whatever yet, which is maybe a little ridiculous in that you can take a corner shortly anyway, but... It didn't help his cause. I don't well, didn't think. he stepped over the ball for the first one, and we were all, "Oh, here he is! Come on!" Yeah, <laughs> flashing yeah. back to that one. I think. And then there was like, was like about was it two or three in a row we didn't get him off the ground, yeah. and we were like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> Ended up on Rashford on corners, yeah, reminiscent of Kane. Although I'm still not sure they were that bad because at least these ones were getting in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, we did end up having Rashford stuck on him as well. We yeah. didn't. We didn't just keep going with our main striker on him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if we. Uh, have a little move on to the Columbia game. So, are you confident there? Because they aren't actually a very good team, and I'll touch wood saying that. Please do. I'm but, a fan. Yeah, but player for player, we've got a better team than them, especially with no James Rodriguez. Is he definitely out? The The Columbia media have been largely quiet, but the thinking is, even if he plays, he's not going to be fit. No, it, I watched their last group game and he started and he didn't look at it. Oh no, they ended up taking him off with said injury. Yeah, but he he didn't look at it from the start. But um, Aquintero is a player, man. He's a very good player. Well, they were saying um, when I was listening to a bit of punditry earlier. Player-wise, England are the better team, but when you look at Falcao, Quadrado, etc. They're players that haven't done well in England and so have a point to prove to the English. There is always that element, isn't there, of wanting to do against England. It's testament to um, Falcao's goal-scoring instincts that he's still going because his legs are shot <laughs> to pieces. It was like seeing him running against the other day and it, it wasn't a trader on his back. It was about three trades. Do you not think he's the kind of player, though, that say Liverpool signed him tomorrow, you could get excited for it purely because it was kind of like Balotelli and obviously you've been through that. Yeah. Because no- you do know what he can do. Yeah, but the problem is the the combination of his injuries and it being Liverpool. You, I think you just have such <laughs> sort of like caution. I don't think you could. I know what you mean. He, and he's exactly the type of player that would score the goal that bins England out of the competition. <laughs> I'm wondering if uh, Arsenal are going to have less injuries this season, and if it was going to be uh, kind of testitude to Wenger driving the players too hard or in the wrong way, and the backroom staff because. Emery's come straight in and he's literally got rid of almost all of the staff and he's started bringing new people in and the medical team is in particular he's got rid of. Yeah, I was thinking it'd be interesting to see how the injury list piles up for Arsenal this year because, like I said, is it just that you've just got players that are injury prone or is it... Because it seemed weird that training? players would come to us and then suddenly they would just be injury prone again after never being that way in their career before. You can't really imagine Wenger pushing them too hard either so it must just be training methods maybe. I don't know. I think he could be the type in that well, we say about uh, Wenger's main issue was that he hadn't moved with the times, and so in in the era, yeah, in the stuff. era of sports science and all that, because Arsenal 
do a tweet out. I'm not sure if all clubs do it, where they kind of tweet out when they appoint a new member of staff. Yeah, that's a future Arsenal <laughs> player, and he's down now. <laughs> on the on that note, Torreira's yeah. down injured. Um, but no. Uh, so from there, I know we've we've appointed a sports scientist, and it didn't seem like a new one in certain areas. So I think we obviously didn't have those people in there before. Jesus. Um, Torreira actually, some news has come out today. You know, all the things are saying. He signed, he signed, he signed. It's literally just a case of announcing it. Now it's come out. Oh, he hasn't put his he hasn't put uh, his pen on the paper. <laughs> so that's there. And a big expose has come out today where his agent is at the centre of uh, VIP prostitution, uh, <laughs> gambling rings, oh, wow. and all sorts. So it's probably one that Arsenal should be... I know we're kind of the type where we'll do things like what well, to suit Uruguay. I think now is the time you say, well, yeah, we're going to get this done now. <laughs> For one, however well he plays, you, we've seen before that it can always go badly, but yeah. did you see uh, Arteta, not Arteta, um, Mikel finally came out uh, earlier in the week and explained what happened with the United and Chelsea thing? No. So essentially he said that, um, his dad wanted him to sign for United. Everyone was there for him to sign for United. Obviously, he was then in talks with Chelsea as well. And they essentially put him in uh, like a house that they'd rented. So like this secret location so United couldn't get to him. And they also put these three other Nigerians in the house with him to make him feel better. And what was essentially said to him was, if he signs for Chelsea, these other three players are going to get signed as well. Or if not, these players are just going to get sent back and go about their business wherever they were before. What? And he said, essentially, his mind was made up there because he's a people person and he wasn't going to let these three people lose lose uh, out on large amounts of money just because of him. So he said that's literally why he went to Chelsea. He said he literally just had his mind made up by that. That is blackmail, folks, just in case anyone's <laughs> unsure. And it doesn't surprise you, he said that he was having phone calls from Alex Ferguson on the one side, and on the other side, it was Abramovich telling him how rich he could make him and all stuff like this. Jesus. All for John Obi Mikel, for fuck's yeah. sake. He went on to be a decent player over the years. Come on. If you put him, if you'd taken him out of that team at any point and put him in a mid table team, he wouldn't have looked out of place. There's a lot of players like that, though. I think that like with the Arsenal squad sometimes, I look and I was like, as long as you don't know how you're here. Because if you went somewhere else, Iwobi is probably the prime example. Yeah, I know, but he gets called what he is. Whereas no one's... Whereas He's you're saying, of... If you're saying Mikhailov's a good player... Mm, I think he was decent. Six, seven out of ten yeah, for his position. Like, for example, a holding midfielder, you want to break up the play and... Well, we have seen recently how passes. hard it is to get a good holding midfielder. Like, you look at someone who's kind of heralded as that now... And Xhaka is heralded as that. Emre Chan, I'm not putting those two in the well, same bracket. I'm not having Xhaka as heralded as that. But Emre Chan was technically a defensive midfielder, but his primary techniques weren't in defending. No. So that's kind of the way it's gone. Kante should go to yeah. top holding midfielder, isn't he? Yeah. So in comparison to that, Mikel's it's ideal not, because Ter- Terreira is a Kante and Makaleli hybrid. So looking forward <laughs> to seeing that. That scout action. report is interesting. <laughs> I've not quite seen that this tournament. Well, the thing is, all, apparently all Arsenal fans have been watching him for years. <laughs> Always the way. So uh, That other midfielder they've got in there, Bentacool, looks class. Yeah. 
He's, he's Juve, isn't he? Yeah, he's one I've just seen on Football Manager, so that's kind of how I know. Yeah, <laughs> that is, he's looked class. Young players, uh, same as Dan Donker, who was playing for uh, Belgium. But mm. if we uh, go back, so for the Colombia game, is there any chance England just blow them out of the water? If they start like they did against Senegal, then we might do, just because there was no intensity there at all. They have a way of hanging in games, which is what I was going to say. That's the thing in an England game as well. You don't really want them hanging in when you do have people like Falcao, etc. There, they can always get yeah. a bit of quality. Um, yeah, I was. I know we said in our chat that Senegal, the, the intensity of their press and stuff was class. Yeah. They were running them all over the shop, and you were kind of thinking like, at the two, I'd rather play Colombia at this point. Whereas going into that game, I was thinking yeah. Colombia were the threat out of that group. Yeah, I was thinking that during the game, <laughs> um, mainly because that second game Colombia played. Who was it against when they just took them took them apart? It was three 0 uh, Poland. Uh, Poland, yeah, yeah, who um, are awful. <laughs> yeah, who are also all got to be in context. But I thought they looked awesome there. And then, yeah, just looked lethargic, slow, didn't have that sort of intensity about them. And I think if they play like that against England, if we can start like we did, say, the start of the Tunisia game, we could rattle them early on. But I, I remember we had um, Poland in our Euro qualification group, and everyone was saying how they had potential to top the group ahead of us, and they were awful then. That was the game where I've said before, Welbeck was 4-1 to one to score first. I put a tanner on him, he scored, and I put a tanner on him for the second, and he scored again. <laughs> yeah, but we do that in our group, because so, like, Matt Thomas, we've had like Slovakia has been the next best team in our group, and we're like, well, they're the threat, clearly, Slovakia. Yeah, on. we had that horrid game, and then Wilshire managed to bang them two volleys out. Yeah, 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 that was it. We had the one that was 1-0, I think, where Rooney bagged late in the game. But yeah, I, f- I don't think we'll... Like run them over, but it's it is one where you don't you don't want to sleep on it because no. I've seen people talking about Sweden or Switzerland already, and you think, I oh, know it's kind of become the popular thing for a pundit to say, whatever, but do just focus on the next game. Yeah, because it is when when Southgate comes out and says it, it is right about how we have won two knockout games. Yeah, in however long, two thousand two and two thousand and six, Six, wasn't it? yeah, Ecuador and Denmark. So. <laughs> We hardly, we've hardly got a stellar knockout record. Well, someone said that um, it's weird that we actually have... There's more... Um, oh, I've forgotten the word. There's more optimism in this tournament than there was in 2002 after we'd knocked out Denmark and Argentina. There's actually more now in terms of, oh, we can go the whole way kind of thing. Well, there's definitely a lot more hype around it, and it, it's become a joke now, but... I just want to say, we were there early saying England were going to win the tournament. Yeah, we were saying it was coming home before it was popular to say it was coming home. I'll tell you what, if you don't like football, you must be wondering what the fuck's going on. <laughs> You're just seeing social media, everyone's shouting it's coming home, all these videos of people going fucking mental, you must be like, what is this? I love it, because you just see how much everyone hates the English. Like I've seen <laughs> Americans going on saying, what on earth are they saying it when they haven't won it in God knows how long? Then the cheek of the Irish and the Welsh and the Scottish just start saying, oh, look how bad they are. Look, They've only beaten Tunisia and Panama and they're celebrating. Well, both of those teams would actually be a tough matchup for the pair of them. So, Well, was it was it Wales or Scotland where they lost to Panama or drew to They drew they a Panama, Panama, yeah. yeah. I saw people tweeting that in response. But then on the flip side, you've got some Americans who absolutely love it, like sort of Shorb say... If anyone's any doubt, this is why we should support England today, and it's the the one of um, them celebrating all the Panama goals in that pub. Everyone's going fucking mental. <laughs> I saw Aaron Hawani as well. He was like, "What a day!" Three lions just coming out. 
<laughs> what obscure sort of... We claim he supports Leicester as well. I did see some of them falling in love with that story, so... When De La Hoya said, uh, <laughs> he'd have fought Leicester win the UEFA Cup. <laughs> um, I think you got it wrong, Oscar. No, it, it is class. Um, so I'm I'm very worried about the Columbia game. And if you told me that before the Belgium game, I, I thought we were going to roll them over. I wasn't scared of anyone. I was saying, keep us on that side and give us Brazil because we're going to do them as well. Yeah, no, I was I was of a similar vein. But good result against Colombia and uh, I'll be pumped just just saying back up. I'd be interested to see how we perform apart from anything. If we can perform like we did in those first two games, just in the style in which we yeah. played, that would be, be what I'm looking We're gonna at. We're going to have a lot of the ball as well. They're not going to press us profusely. They're going to try and beat us on the counter-attack, which Mexico would be the worst team for us to play against. That's charging forward and then them just picking us off oh, at the back. Yeah, that's it. They don't have a lot of pace in the Colombia team. They've got a lot of technical, good technical players, which could be a problem for us in terms of if they can get on the ball and slow it down Play a sort of international football whereby they keep the ball, we can get frustrated with the, that. But the fast players aren't really tricky runners; they are just fast. Like Quadrado isn't gonna like roulette spin you and step overs and all that. He is just gonna be direct with the ball. Which, should be, yeah. Um, and then our fullbacks aren't slow anyway, so might be an argument for playing Danny Rose in there against him. I don't know. Young isn't slow. He's is not he? slow. But he ain't got the oh. gas, Danny Rose. Look. No, it'd be interesting to see how Southgate handles it. I mean, we spoke about this uh, in the week. That was lovely there. That was rude. <laughs> that Torreira? No. no. I think that was... Who was that? Is it Jimenez? I think it might be a centre-half. Just that. <laughs> um, but we are on ITV where we said we have a 9% win ratio ever on the World Cup. Finals Cup. games. Yeah. yeah. One, the last win on there was 2006. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be interesting. You gotta break the hoodoo at some point. When I was speaking to Townsend yesterday, he was like, "They can't claim to love the country if they aren't prepared to give up the rights to the BBC." Yep, that's true. <laughs> Sacrifice it. Like, I don't want to see them down in the dumps after the game if it goes wrong. If they're then saying, "You know, you know what? You had the choice. You could have got rid of them." You know what? As well, if they got Keane on punditry, as much as I love him, I could quickly go off him if England lose. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's something to get onto. So uh, we mentioned uh, the Welsh and the Scottish and the Irish, and they've been complaining about biased coverage on the on the BBC. Come on, um, saying that it's too uh, pro England, and they're talking about England every two minutes. It's like, well, if you go into any country, I'm pretty sure they're going to be doing the exact same. I. They- no idea where where this has come from. I don't know why this year suddenly it's they wouldn't have liked to be Tunisian, would they? With them crying during the anthem, beating <laughs> their chest. <laughs> I can't. This this has always been the same coverage every year. I don't know why this. Year, it's a reflection of the world we're living in. Where well, our pundits were getting well. just as hyped about Wales when they were going on in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I, and I in, and then you stuck, you stuck Savage on commentary for that with Hartson or whoever else you wanted to put on there. It's literally. It's a little bit like with the with the press saying about the releasing the team sheet thing. It's like, well, yeah. we're here to be objective. Like, well, you're not here to be objective. No. You're clearly biased towards England. It's an English news. That's the way it's always been. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. That is. And everyone with, wants England to win if you're from it. And so. with the television coverage, they, it's fine to be critical, but they are mainly going to cover England. And in that sense, when you want viewers, you are going to pander to your audience. Also, we're kind of famously when we do lose, are pretty savage. With yeah. England. So it's not like we. We don't like, show the opposite way as well. 
if uh, if we lose or when we lose or hopefully we don't, we need them to cut back to the studio, blackout, Undertaker music hits. They pan to the doorway. You see some eyes light up. It's Soonis and Keen coming in as a tag team <laughs> duo, <laughs> ready to just rip us apart. Whenever Arsenal got the Champions League and they panned to Soonis, I think, oh Christ, this is not <laughs> going to be good. And then he goes on for about 10 minutes and I sit there like, I actually can't really disagree with much of this. Yeah, that is, that's the best thing with them. They're savage, but they do have a point in most things they say. Well, that's the thing with those two opposed to, and like I said before, Keane is far better when he doesn't have a dog in the race. Mm-hmm. And Soonis is probably the best for it where he is pretty spot on and he doesn't try to be savage. It is just who he is. Like yeah, Skulls, exactly. when he's on TV, tries to say something controversial tries to, to be keep a bit up moody, his image. He's watched Keno for yeah. I'll have a bit of that. So, yeah, it's, it's far better like that. But I'm picking us to win, but I think we're going to have some ups and downs, which I don't know if you saw that video of Walker before the tournament where he was like, look, we are going to go behind at times. Yeah, and yeah. He's like, and you just have to stay behind us and we're going to do our best. Yeah, I did see that and I've kind of thought to myself, I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> so, yeah, we are mo- going to go behind. It's the most personable England team that I've ever seen before and Southgate been allowed has to be, something to do with that. Yeah. They? They've been allowed to be. Well, even just with their social media coverage, they're, you can clearly see they're having fun and before, you look at what, Lampard, Gerrard, Beckham, none of them are the type where if you if you met them in public, you'd probably be quite intimidated. Rather than if you met Lingard in public, I don't think you'd be too shy to go up to him, and I don't think There's he'd be the type of, to be an asshole. Sort of in um in inverted commas star power type of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which is partly with a fairly inexperienced squad. Yeah, when you, you look at past teams, squad, you kind of get that. Who could you really say that with? And. Well, you look at it, well, you Cr- would, but Crouchy. Be like nothing squad players, wouldn't they? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like Crouchy. So Crouchy, we see now, is clearly quite a, f- a funny bloke. Don't want to be rude to Crouchy. Though. You didn't see any of that during his time with England, and it's taken it now to see what he's like. I did a bit, but only because from being a Liverpool player, yeah. I remember seeing interviews with Liverpool players where they'd say, like, well, who's the joke in the squad? And he'd be like, Crouchy's fucking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Was, but that was, again, I think his players not being allowed to express themselves and talk to the media and talk to the fans and stuff because when you see like some more relaxed interviews with people like Gerard Lampard and stuff they're clearly like funny guys who like yeah. like a laugh but because of that there's kind of like a, almost like you know someone in like a professional capacity like a teacher or a yeah, doctor yeah. or something whereby even in their private it's kind of like they're a bit have to be a bit reserved just because yeah, yeah. they're kind of like senior figures if you like yeah um and probably having people like a squad isn't a bad thing because no. you do need someone like it. But it was with England, it was almost like, right, all 23 men in the squad have to be like this. We Get don't want anyone breaking on. ranks. Yeah. And obviously, the Capello regime was definitely like that. Well, Lashley Cole got off the plane laughing after that 2006 uh, World Cup. Yeah, there was also PR disasters left Would have right been 2010. Time. Would have been 2010, wouldn't it? Uh, Ashley Cole with Capello getting off the... Yeah, 2010. That was, yeah, yeah, getting off the plane, cracking up. That wasn't good. I, I saw on my on my memories thing on Facebook, and I was actually Cole's got off the plane laughing. He's cheated on Cheryl Cole. He's done the dirty on Arsenal, and he wonders why he is not a popular guy. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is a off-topic question, and I'm genuinely interested. Do you like Jimmy Bullard? I do, but I can tell you don't. No, I'm I'm unsure. 
but I know some people absolutely hate him because he seems like he's trying to be funny. Yeah, this is the. I probably preferred him when he was just Jimmy Bullard rather yeah. than the character that's now being sort of created. Whereby, see that video of him with the Tunisia that? game. You, the one that's 100% choreographed. Yeah, in his garden. Yeah. Because they were kind of like, well, someone's found him doing this again. It's like, yeah. You're not just doing that. <laughs> I mean, you might do it, but. And you wouldn't be watching looked, the game then. You'd be sat filming Jimmy Bullard at yeah, your window. Very odd. The um, Yeah, I liked him when he first kind of came to attention because I thought, okay, yeah. he's obviously a funny guy. And now he has kind of become the guy who's trying to force his inverted commas banter yeah. on everyone and stuff. And, like uh, Mike Campbell, who we used to work with, absolutely loves him. Yeah, like loves him. <laughs> but no, there's some. I like. I pretty much agree with what you said. Like, I prefer him. I saw the two videos back to back yesterday. So I saw the one with him watching the Tunisia game, and then I saw one of him. You know, on Soccer AM where they tried to recreate a goal, yeah. and so he had to create the Ruben Neves volley, and just his natural reactions were funny there more than yeah, the other ones. yeah, exactly. All right, what else have we got on the agenda? All right, Germany out. That's probably the next one. To Blimey. To. <laughs> I don't think anyone was too unhappy other than me who did have them in my bet, and I did pick them as tournament winners with Timo Werner getting a golden boot. <laughs> so that didn't go well at all. Oh. Timo Werner in, predic- in particular, who looked like he could have had it on the line and he'd have found a way to kick it backwards. Did not look a goal scorer at all. No, but... Just a little shout-out, I did... When we talked about potential upsets, I thought on paper Germany in that group could struggle. It makes no sense though because they they've still got a squad of players. I, I will say some of the criticism of their like squad section was ridiculous. Just in terms of Sane should have been picked, but other than that, who's like the glaringly obvious people that should have been picked? They said like, oh, he's picked the old guard and he should have picked more kids. Well, who are the kids coming in and who are the old guard? Because yeah. the old guard are still predominantly in their prime. Someone like Ozil is in his prime still. Yeah, I, he's not over the hill. I would have stopped picking Muller because he's looked dreadful. He's looked dreadful and he's looked poor at club level. And then Ozil. I don't know what more Brandt had to do to get a start It's as well. no secret Ozil is a guy who probably isn't going to take criticism well. Yeah. When you start racially abusing your own team while you're trying to stay in the World Cup, it seems pretty ridiculous purely because... He took a picture with the Turkish president. I think there's also the element of him, isn't there? We've spoken about before plenty of His times, body language it? doesn't help. Yeah, like when kind of things are against you, he's not really the guy you look it to. It probably would, though, when you're getting it for club and country, because it, I think it's a thing that the media have kind of hatched onto, because it hasn't really been said before. And he, I remember there was a game where we lost the 6-1 to Chelsea. And he tried walking straight off the pitch, and Mertesacker grabbed him by like the scruff of his neck and pointed him to the fans to tell him he had to go and go and like, apologise. And uh, I think from there on, he's just been one where they've seen that, and it's been a thing because, like you said, with his body language stuff, he's an easy target for it. But he was by no means their worst player because he created the most chances of any game so far. And stats can be deceiving, but when you look at Werner missing chances, Gomez missing chances. Oh yeah, they missed chances for fun, didn't they? The the thing with it was, I saw more people saying, I can't believe Ozil's getting the brunt of this than people saying Ozil's to blame for this. I didn't see that much solely blame him. I saw the manager getting blamed, I saw plenty of players getting called kind of like too old and etc. I didn't see him getting singled out, but 
he is an easy target. I saw like the German papers and some ex-German players on their Twitter were saying like he's a disgrace and stuff like that. Their sort of thing with Turkey or whatever was always going to throw that in there as well. But um, I thought people like, yeah, Muller was awful. Vern obviously is a young player, but he was bad. I thought Draxler was non-existent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the only one he came out of any sort of credit, Boateng was fucking dreadful. Yeah. The um, the only one to measure any credit was obviously Cruz did okay with the the goal in the last minute. Yeah. Work, and um, yeah, I don't know what more Brandt had to do to get started. No. He obviously needed someone who had a bit of pace, run the ball, was direct. He did all of that when he came he on. Started him over Draxler. Yeah, and he did all of that when he came on because oh. they picked him over Sane, and so people saying Sane should have been picked. Well, I'm not sure he could have done any more than Brandt did. So, yeah, but then like. If he's getting picked instead of Sane, then surely you start him. And he literally said that Sane wasn't picked because he wasn't performing in the internationals, which yeah, which is what we all ask for at the end of the day. And it gets overlooked, but in um, June, there was no sort of uproar that Sane wasn't picked. They were all saying, yeah, he yeah. hasn't played that well in the internationals. Brandt's been better. Um, yeah, kind of king to hindsight, aren't we, in terms of the gym? Yeah. But... I did think it was not a vintage German team. I didn't think it would be as bad as it was. They Well, usually you associate them with defending well and then they get their goals at the other end just because they've defended so well. Mm. Whereas, but yeah, then they were they were banging before. goals in in qualifying, so you can't really say it was... I'm assuming they haven't changed much from qualifying. Yeah. They just, yeah, they just look so flat. I don't know if it was... I saw people saying there must be something wrong in the camp, but I, I'm sort of... Agreeing, and I don't know what could have gone wrong realistically, but maybe it's just that the manager was too long. Managers don't stay in international football too long, generally. Thank God we didn't appoint Joachim Lowe as our manager. That would have been very awesome. <laughs> and uh, maybe, yeah, maybe just going stale. Yeah. Gone for so so long, eventually you needed a new face. Yeah. International managers right. don't stick around that long as long as he has, really. All right, if we go on to the next one then, because it is getting very awesome here. It is getting warm. Argentina going out. So that is kind of the same as uh, Germany, and they seem to have no creativity. This one, I think, slating the squad selection is very fair. <laughs> I not taking a cardi. Yeah, not taking a cardi. Not playing Dybala. Dybala, I think, came on once. If we're right in saying that, um, Aguero starting from the bench, other than the first game. Defensively, um, I mean, Otamendi was the voice of reason at the back, which says a fair amount. When you're bringing on Fazio, oh god, that probably says a lot. With Rojo, Caballero in goal, yeah, Rojo being there. Um, I mean, they had Romero, but I think he might have been injured, so that might. Did he play today? No, another they keeper, played the debutant again. So because he, um, well, not debutant no, this time, but because he had the bit of a yeah. as well. He's like a 34 year old plays in the Argentinian league. Yeah. We kind of had an idea, didn't we, that they weren't going to be good enough at the back and maybe kind of too many chefs up front, but yeah, didn't really play the chefs. <laughs> no. But... Well, Di Maria was very poor other than scoring, so he kind of dug himself out a bit there, which yeah, I think Cruz did for Germany. I think that's what Cruz has done. I think he was pretty bad, but because he scored the goal, that does give you something. The, the so clutch goal, yeah. yeah. I was When they went 2-1 up, I was thinking, like, how is this Argentine team getting through? Yeah. Yeah, admittedly there's still about half hour to go but I was thinking to myself like, I mean when we were in Poland saw a guy two step his way home with a bird he literally <laughs> went on the dance floor two stepped and it attracted girls to him 
And I was less confused by <laughs> that than I'm the just... idea of Argentina going through. <laughs> I've just remembered that book. <laughs> just, I was so confused by it, but in the grand scheme of things, I'd be more confused about Argent- that Argentina team well, getting through. Well, that was through. the weirdest thing, because he was there on his own, and then gradually... Which, he turned up on his own. Just fairly early on, fairly on. Empty, and now he's two-step, and we thought, what is this guy? He's a mug. And next thing you know, there's about five <laughs> women around him. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, that was quality. Local I, culture. I think that was on the night I did actually go out as well. Second <laughs> night, so I was I was perked up. Um, with Argentina, though, how much of the blame do you lay at Messi's feet? Because I, I don't know how much more he could have done. And I know this World Cup has done more for the Ronaldo-Messi debate. Do you think maybe Messi is more of the Kobe who can do it, but not necessarily make everyone else play better and then Ronaldo is more like the LeBron who is driving his teammates to be better because he seems to be a bit different for Portugal than Real Madrid for Portugal he seems to be a lot more motivational you see him staying on the pitch patting people on the back yeah more like a coach than yeah <laughs> whereas for Madrid he's very much one man mission I was going to say because if you go on their team you'd think Messi was the team player Ronaldo's yeah. the one looking for the individual honours you know the infamous one where who was it scored for Madrid and he was did absolutely fail. They didn't pass bail, wasn't it? Fuming that he didn't pass him the ball, even though he actually did score. Well, this so, this Argentina team think, is better is has better players than this Portugal team as well, and I've seen people trying to argue the opposite. I they have better attacking players. Yeah. I don't know that they're a better team, but they should so they should at least be able to score goals. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily lend itself to Messi should score goals. No, Messi should play but the well. thing with Icardi being kept home and him essentially saying Messi does not like me, so I was never going to be picked in the team. That that's not a good look. No, no. Um, and then supposedly that's why Dybala isn't playing. I was reading, and he did an interview two years ago where he that said, "I don't know how me and Messi." He said something along the lines of, "I don't know how me and Messi can play together in the same team." Something along those lines. When you're saying that, and, you're but, saying you're in yeah, death warrant, After you? then, he's since said, like, I can see how it would work. But it I'm seems sure it's just been kept now where he was like, yeah, I was never going to be. I think it could as well. I think it could work. Well, but... you can show him on the wing. and yeah. Messi was far better from the right-hand side during this tournament than he was down the middle. Every time he was just so isolated or having to drop so deep. That's what Sanchez used to do for us when he was playing as a striker. And then yeah. you go up, you look up top, and there's no one there. Yeah. And that's exactly what he was having to do. And every time he had the ball, he did have like about four people around him. I know it's kind of a cliche thing, but it was. You should be used to that, though. Yeah. But that's when you end up, you have a manager who plays players. That, yeah. If you have an Aguero or whatever, Dabala. Yeah, players can't just focus on the one man. I mean, he he's still the best player I've ever seen. Nothing's changed in this tournament. And the question I was going to ask you was, does he have to win a World Cup to cement his goat status? But for me, nothing has changed in this tournament. No, for me, nothing's changed. I've, to some people, they will always say the World Cup yeah. argument. But put put it this way: England could win the World Cup with Kane having an absolute scream of a tournament. Yeah, is that then more of an achievement than anything Messi's done? No, no, that's. I don't know that's an extreme example, but... Yeah, no, I get you. If we go from Argentina to Brazil, has Neymar been disappointing for you? Because to me, he's been very disappointing. He looks like a guy who's just out for himself. Yeah. And people are complaining uh, about Firmino not scoring, um, not playing, or um, but 
and they're saying Jesus should be dropped. But the issue isn't Jesus not scoring. It's the issue of having a strike partner that's going to shoot from 40 yards and not square it to you when mm. there's a blatant opening there. And I was going to ask you, I mean, should, is, is Neymar even the main man for Brazil? I'm not sure he's the guy making them tick. I put in our group chat the other day, didn't I? I think, and I know it was, it was partly tongue-in-cheek, but I was being serious in terms of Coutinho is the man who's stepped up for him. When they need him to, he's the one who's getting on the ball, making passes, scoring. Uh, and I think he showed in his time at Liverpool and he probably would at Barca that he is kind of a clutch player in terms of he'll get goals at key times. And what I've seen with Neymar, similar to what you said, in terms of looking out for himself, he'll he'll pick it up halfway and he'll want to run it. Regardless, he'll want to do however many people... Even Paulinho has done more for the team. There might be an easier pass on. And he won't do that. He'll try and do it and... He might think it's helping, but it's not because it's just slowing the team down. The ball can move quicker than you, you can. And every time he gets the ball, he's like, well, I know he's going to try and beat two people. So I don't have to worry about where he's going to pass yeah. it. What he's gonna do. And ironically, when he does play well, he's releasing the ball early and, and doing other things at club level. Um, so I don't see why he's... I'm by no means saying that Mexico are going to beat Brazil, but if he plays like that and drags everyone at the end of the field just to shoot and have a stupid shot, that's going to play perfectly into Mexico's hands. Yeah. The issue is they just can't defend, so no. that probably is going to go against them there. They're a bit short on quality. But um, I think he's, yeah, I think it has a counter-effective counter um, sort of impact on people like Jesus. Because Jesus had a couple of chances that he snatched at in this tournament, where yeah. I thought, at City, he'll bury that. And he, ha- he has missed a couple of real good chances, actually. But I think, you're probably thinking, well, my chances are at a premium with this guy. Yeah, I've got. A, I'm going to have to snatch at this because I might not get the ball again. Just... I, I think there is even an element of him that's... I don't think Neymar's like it, but he could grow to be. Whereby, with like the Ronaldo thing we said earlier, whereby if he saw Coutinho hit a screamer in this next game, yeah. it'd be a bit like, well, that should be me. Yeah, Football is becoming, I've noticed increasingly, a bit more like basketball in terms of like... Um, like the main man has to have the shot, yeah, or yeah. The, the penalty or whatever. Whereas it used to be like, right, best penalty taker, you get it. It doesn't matter. Like, Jedinak. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't the best player in the world, but if you can take your penalty, right, you step up. Now it's like Griezmann, you have to take him for France. Ronaldo's taking for... I saw an interesting thing this week and they were saying, uh, and it ties in with that, and they had Andy Cole on um, Australian TV and they were saying, and this guy, they were doing a kind of Q&A, and he said, you were such a prolific striker, but you only ever took two penalties mm. in uh, your career. And he was That's like, crazy. and it seems strange because he's like, surely it should go hand in hand. Yeah. And most strikers I know would want it just as an excuse to get an extra goal. And he was like, so he was like, what makes a good penalty take? And he was like, well, the thing for me is I just knew I wasn't one. And he was like, the second I decided I wasn't one, you have to be confident from the spot. And he said not always the best player is going to be the best penalty taker. He said, you look at Messi and he's not a good penalty taker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, and then you look at Yedinak, pandering to the Aussie audience, I know, but he was like, he's never missed a penalty for Australia. Mm. So he said it literally is confidence from 12 yards and just, he said 12 yards is a long way away. And he was like, and <laughs> he made a joke and he's like, I wasn't really that kind of striker. <laughs> weird because he was a good finisher as well that's but, what they said they said it, it seems weird they said that you, it seems like even if you maybe didn't think it you would have just gone with it just to try and nick a couple more goals and he was like that wasn't really who I was yeah but 
it does yeah, football does seem to go in that direction whereby like like you know where they always say like or it wasn't LeBron having the last shot or whatever. Yeah. If like if Kane didn't step and take the penalty, we had someone else who was a real good penalty taker and we'd be like, Oh, why isn't Harry Kane taking that one? Well, I don't yeah. matter about that. It's, you've got eleven players on the pitch, go for the best one on there. Um I always know uh I mate Brad plays football at a good level. Yeah. And he always says he doesn't like penalties yeah. as well. That's a good point, actually. Just going down my checklist. Um, All right, so two more on the World Cup. So first one, can Croatia win it all? Interesting. I was looking at, because they've got Denmark, don't they? Yeah. And then they'll probably play Spain, unless Russia beats Spain. I was thinking Croatia-Spain's a very good game, and one where they could do a job on Spain as well. There, I'll be cheering for them other than England just because it'll be nice to see someone else and someone different. they played nicely as well. The, they've got kind of a mixture. They've got the shithouses in their team that they need. They've uh, got the technical players. They need probably Mandzukic to be more prolific because yeah. he hasn't been... He's looked off the pace so far. But he that's probably that, all can't. they're really missing. Yeah. He, well, he, We he, said that in the Champions League final yeah, that he banged it. in that bicey. A little bit like um, sort of Mario Gomez, if you like, whereby he doesn't look particularly the goat. on it, but he, he's affected. That's probably what they're missing, really. Like, if they had like a top striker, you'd be thinking, okay, this team's a real, real yeah. threat, because that midfield is pretty much perfect for the tournament. Uh, the rest of the team is... we Another one, Pod kind of mentioned before the tournament, didn't we, as we thought they're going to get the label of Dark Horse. Yeah, yeah. I know we sounded the Dark Horse claxon a few times in the build-up to the World <laughs> Cup, but... It would be a good test if they if it does end up them versus Spain, that's a good test to see where you're at. Yeah. Just have a look. Um... If you had to tip someone as a sort of upset, then they would be the ones, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, this might be a I'd... bit conceited in the way of looking at it, but I think a lot of people are interested in them before the tournament, and just in a way of their breakdowns, we did. They were one of the more listened to episodes, so. From okay. that kind of perspective, people are obviously interested, or they've got a big follow. <laughs> or we've got a big Croatian We're big following. in Croatia. That Argentina game, I know it might flatter them a little because of the way Argentina played, yeah. but the way they took them apart was impressive. The end when Otamendi booted the ball, <laughs> booted the ball in his head. <laughs> that was so good. You ain't taking out of Pachuari at the minute. He's getting, he's doing the rounds of his booting the ball in his own face. Oh, but that was a racket. Was it Rakitic on the deck, and then the balls bounced in front of uh, Otamendi, and he just won a whole drilled at him. Yeah, Fergie's watching that, so he killed. So could have killed him. I've made sure so far. I've watched at least ten minutes of every game, and the only game that I haven't watched the whole way through. But there's one there's been two on at once. Hoping yeah. to keep that up. The um, especially I think Modric has been one of the best players of the tournament as well, and how he's ran games and. Similar to what you said about Ronaldo at international level, I watch him and he's far more of a leader in terms yeah. of he's very vocal. He was in the Argentina game, he was trying to get into fights, and you thought you're probably the weediest yeah. bloke on the team, I don't know what you're doing, but I admire that you're trying. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's an unbelievable player. It's, yeah, last him one. And in midfield is always going to be effective. Last one for the World Cup. Um, have the media painted Russia out to be something that perhaps is not ahead of the tournament? Because there seems like. It's been very friendly for all involved. I've not heard one bad report. Always seems to be the way things go with this, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if... I don't know if someone's had a word of him before and we're like, come on, for a month, you need to be on your best behaviour. Yeah. I mean, it might change when they go out. That would be my... Interesting, <laughs> yeah. 
Especially if you can carry on going through. Yeah. Um, I guess you probably also got to give testament to security there as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there probably has been plenty of stuff yeah. that they've had to stifle. Yeah, I think whatever. they got the army involved for their security. Yeah. And I'm not sure you want to mess with no. them. No, I think it is obviously going to be a case of most countries we kind of build up as being a bit um, insane or unsafe. A lot of countries is kind of the English press do it, the American press do it. It's just kind of the dumb thing. Yeah. Um, I think wherever we go, if it's not like Helmand Province, then it's probably better than our expectations, it seems. Okay, so if we move on then, I think I might save UFC and maybe do a little something in the week. I might put something on the website. Yeah, I think we should. Do some predictions. Rather very than, good cards. Yeah, we rather than doing it now. Give it the attention it deserves. Yeah, because it's very hot in here. We're being sweated <laughs> out. <laughs> All right, so if we do... as Two questions then before we go. Any chance Ronaldo leaves Madrid? No, not for me. The usual um, speculation he leaves. Yes, yeah. I think. I did see someone said after every Champions League final they've won, he has said he might leave. And I said actually a story each time. And that final wasn't about him. So as we said, he had to do something to yeah. kind of get it back on him, didn't he? And then just finally, how has Fellaini managed to hold United to ransom? How has he done it? You give credit to him, his agent. I don't know how he's done it. He's getting paid 120 grand a week to play football. Yeah, three year deal. He can't really do that well. Three year deal as well, and he's like 30, isn't he? For United fans, maybe hoping for a bit of a shift in style. That's not a great. Have uh, you seen that news for him? Uh, clip that someone's done. Um, the we're not fucking leaving one with Fellaini yeah. out in the front. There's all the prem managers Clop celebrating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's Pogba with his head in his hands, like no. <laughs> So good though. I mean, I think he could have done a job at Arsenal. I was joking in the week, but he's not. If we have a limited budget, he's not someone I want to spunk in our wages on. No. Especially not for that. If he was cheap, I would have happily said, "Yeah, get him in the squad." But I think he's probably gone to most clubs and said, "Yeah, this is what I want." They said not a chance. They said, no, he's come back and gone. You know what? I'm speaking to this, but this, this. So if you want to get me before I move on. The thing with him is he is an effective weapon for what he does, yeah. but it quickly becomes, as we've seen with United, your go-to plan rather yeah. than the last, last resort. Yeah. This is what we'll do. And if he does get put into the team, if you're trying to play like a quick pressing style pass yeah. football, he just kind of slows that down and stifles it automatically just by being in the team. So yeah. I don't think he would have been a good fit for someone like Liverpool or Arsenal. I don't think most teams are going to want that top team. So he's done incredibly yeah. <laughs> well to end up staying at United. All right. Anything else you want to mention before we uh, move on? No. All right. I've got nothing. Absolutely nothing. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitballing Pod. As always, check us out at www.spitballingpod.com. We may have another episode next week. There's a couple of off days, so may, may bang one in then. Thank you.